Father God, we come before you today just to worship you and to be in your presence. And I thank you that your word says that where two or more of us are gathered, that you're here with us. And I thank you that you want to be with us. I just ask that you would bless us this morning, Father. Bless this time as we worship you. Uh, Bless each person who is here today and each person who's watching. I ask you to bless Terry as he comes and brings the word, Father, and bless the music in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Let's go. 
Praise the Lord. So that is exactly what God is here to do today. He's here to turn the bones into armies and Hallelujah. the ashes into beauty. And he's here to make graves out of gardens. Yes, sir. That's why we're here worshiping him because Amen. he is breathing life and changing us. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Merry Christmas, by the way. <laughs> Romans 5. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. 2 Corinthians 4. For it is the God who commanded light to shine <coughs> out of the darkness who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That's what the Lord wants to do this morning. He wants to shine. He wants to shine into your darkness. The love of God has been shed abroad, and He wants to shine it into your heart this Hallelujah. morning, change you for the good. Yes. So that this new year, as we yes. start this new year, yes. we'll go out of here like lights of the world. Amen. That's who we're called to be. So, Lord, this morning, as we worship you, yes. as we lift you up, and as we exalt you, Jesus. come, Holy Spirit, have yes. your way. Yes. Pour your spirit out. Hallelujah. Shed that love of God abroad in our yes. hearts so that we'll be changed, that we'll come alive, Thank that you. our dry bones will come alive and become Hallelujah. armies, that we begin to serve you in a new way, yes, Lord, that you Jesus. would be the light in us, shining yes. out of us into thank all you, the Jesus. world. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord God, that you thank are you. here this morning. Yes, sir. You're here to speak to us. You're here to change us. Yes. You're here to bring us into a new place with thank you, you a new year, a new walk, yes. a new near Hallelujah. We're going to be walking closer to you. We're going to hear your voice. We're going to see you in everything. Yes. And we're going to hear your voice and we're going to shine your light yes, in all this world. Come and have your way this morning as we worship you in Amen. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen.
Amen. 
case you haven't figured it out, God's really speaking to you this morning. He's the great I am, yes. and he really wants you to be courageous in him.
Jesus, you have won my heart. Now I can trade these ashes into beauty. And where forgiveness might go proud. Coming to kiss the feet of mercy.
has bled and suffered for my pardon. Jesus, you're 
this morning that's our that is our prayer and our cry in our hearts Lord. we know that only you can satisfy yes we have that god-sized hole in our heart that only you can fill lord yes, Jesus. we wait on you Amen. we wait on you this morning lord to let you satisfy Thank you, our hearts Amen. we're hungry yes. we come knowing that you don't ever reject us you don't ever refuse us you don't ever turn us away but you are here to satisfy that longing in our heart lord you're here to breathe life into us to refresh us it happens as we wait on you we wait in your presence lord so that your spirit will come speak to each one of us the words that we need to hear you would breathe life and touch all those areas within us that are broken and messed up, the wounds in our souls, the hurts in our heart, memories of the past, fears and anxious thoughts about the future. Lord, you rule and reign over all of that. You've put it all under your blood, your cross. Yes. Made a provision, that new and living way by which we can enter into the very presence of God. Come not groveling and begging, but we can come with confidence, boldly knowing that you receive us and that you always extend mercy and grace to us when we come to you. Thank you for that promise, Lord. Thank you that in you, in you we can be satisfied. We can be made new. We can be made whole. We can be changed, molded, and made into your image. Thank you for this season, Lord, that we've, we've reflected on you, yes. your coming, your birth, yes. all the promises that were fulfilled in your coming. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you especially, Lord, for what you've done in our lives yes. because we've given ourselves to you and allowed you to, to have freedom to come and change us, mold us and make us into your image, Lord. Thank you that you, you wipe away not only our sin, but you take the shame and the guilt too. And maybe we don't always forget 
our past, but you can remind us that you've forgotten it. There's no reason for us to remember to because you have chosen. You said, I will remember your sins and iniquities no more. You chose to put it in the past. So help us to do the same thing, Lord, so that we would know that in you, there's no reason to walk in guilt or shame for our past. You've forgotten, and we are healed. We want to walk in that love, mercy, and grace that you've so freely poured out, Lord. Only you can satisfy. We're waiting on you, Lord. We want to hear from you, Lord. We want to hear the words that we need to hear this morning. Words of love and encouragement, words of affirmation. The words that you say to a, a child, I love you. You're mine. I chose you before the foundation of the world that I could be your God and you could be my child. I want to make all things new. You are a new creation and I am making all things new in you. Receive of me today. Come, all you who labor weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest for your souls. Lord's inviting you just to take off that heavy burden. The guilt and shame of your past, the, the fear of the future, your anxious thoughts about today, tomorrow, or next year, your health issues, your financial issues, relationships that are messed up can you just lay those burdens at the foot of the cross he's inviting you to come and this is what he's telling you he's saying you have labored long enough and no matter how much you attempt to labor you're not going to be able to handle that burden would you just give it to me lay it down let me carry your load. Get yoked up with me so we can share that. And I will be with you and I will be your God and you'll be my people and you will know and see the salvation of the Lord. Because I do all things well. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you that you are speaking life into us, speaking words of encouragement. I thank you that in you, Lord, there is no fear. In you, we have hope. We have joy. We have peace. Your love casts out all fear because it's perfect. Thank you, Lord, for the, the love that you give. It's, it is perfection personified in Jesus Christ. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts through you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for that. Just breathe in. Breathe in of the Spirit this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Thank you for the sweet presence that we feel this morning, Lord. You are here. You are changing our lives. You are making us new. Things that have been broken and messed up, you're, you're picking up all the pieces. You're putting us back together, making us new. Lord, I thank you that when you work in us, it is a work of perfection. It's not done with hammers and nails and clamps and glue, but it's done by the Word of God and the power and anointing of your Spirit. And what you do is beyond anything we can ask or think. I thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you that you poured out your love and mercy on us this morning. You caused your goodness to abound towards us. We experienced you in your presence. There is fullness of joy. Lord, we have hope that tomorrow is going to be a new day, a different day. The challenges of tomorrow are going to be just fine because you are with us and you lead us and guide us and you don't ever forsake us, but you are with us always, even to the very end of the age. And so, Lord, thank you for the hope for tomorrow. Thank you for the the blessing of knowing that the past is behind us. And I don't want to remember the past except to learn from it. I don't want to be haunted by my past. I want to just learn from it and know that you are redeeming past, present, and future, and that I am a new creation in you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Thank you, guys. That's pretty good for Christmas holidays. Man, you know, it doesn't matter if it's Christmas or New Year's or Thanksgiving or whatever. God never changes. Amen. He's always the same. His love for us is always the same. And I'm so glad that his love doesn't run out. It doesn't give up. It doesn't uh, get defeated doesn't get discouraged. His love just keeps coming. We sang that, you know, he won, he won our hearts. I'm so glad, so glad that he just pursued me until he won my heart. If it was me, I'd have given up a long time ago. I'd have said, ah, you knucklehead, that's the last time I'm going to offer this to you. But God doesn't do that. He just keeps pursuing us and he keeps trying to win our hearts. And His great grace is what enables us to say yes to Him. Our salvation experience is all due to Him. We can't earn it. We can't figure it out. We can't plan it. We don't seek Him. He loves us before we knew Him or cared anything about Him. It is all Him. And our whole responsibility is just to say, thank you, I receive. What a great deal. You talk about a Christmas gift. That's the gift that keeps on that there, Clark. Now that's the gift that keeps on giving. I'll tell you what. Wow. Isn't God good? You know, you could uh, you could just talk all day about God's goodness and you'd never have enough words to express all who he is and all he is to us and what we ought to be thinking and being grateful for. It's good. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to be with 
people who believe, people who worship. You know, I, I have a great time uh, praying and worshiping on my own, but there's nothing quite like being with God's people. When we begin to lift our voices together and all this music and everybody is just into worship. And Eddie, I think that's great that you forgot that it was time for me to get up and talk. That's what I want. I want us to be so involved and so in tune with the Lord and so busy worshiping that we forget everything. It suited me just fine if we'd snap out of about 3 o'clock in the afternoon and say, wow, look, we've just been going all this time. You know? Maybe we'll get there someday where we can get into worship to the extent that we don't think about what time it is or what else is going on. We'll just be wanting to worship the Lord and be in His presence. Oh, God's good. And um, so these, uh, these holidays... You know, it's a great time our, we, with our families, hopefully, and um, you're sharing gifts and love and eating meals and having a good time with everybody, and hopefully you remember that it's all about Jesus. And then, you know, the new year's coming up, and we're reminded that it's a chance for us to kind of look back at the past and reevaluate all the, the last year. <laughs> Last year was all not that great in a lot of ways, but uh, this new year, it's going to be different. I believe that. This is not going to be like last year. This is a new year, and there'll be some stuff that'll carry over. The goodness of God is going to carry over, amen? <clears throat> we need to get our eyes on the Lord. We need to expect good things. Don't go into this new year thinking, oh, it's just going to be more of the same old blah, blah, blah. Let's get our eyes on the Lord and let's begin to believe that God is going to do new things. God's going to bring a new, a new experience for each of us with Him and also the opportunity to see great and mighty things in the kingdom of God. I believe on all this virus and the weirdness of the elections and all that's going on, these are all opportunities for God to show up and to do miracles and wonderful things, a revival and a restoration of this nation. It's all in the works. We just need to press in and keep believing and keep proclaiming God's favor and goodness over this nation. And we need to keep praying that God will reveal the truth and that God would expose all of the corruption and the collusion and fraud and lawlessness. There's so much going on. The, the deep state and the swamp, you have whatever you want to call it. There's just a lot of bad stuff, and that's just the beginning. Because in, in the nation as a whole, we've got uh, all kinds of little movements that are all about things other than promoting goodness and godliness. And so we need the Lord, and it's not going to happen because we get a great leader it's only going to happen if God does it because only he can satisfy. We sang that. You know, we're waiting on him because if we, get, if we get President Trump, that's great. If we get Nancy Pelosi, that's great too, whatever. It's not going to change unless God changes it because our, our hope is not in men. It's not in politics or in politicians. Our hope is in the Lord and only in him. He's the only one that can fix the mess we've gotten ourselves into. We didn't get here overnight, and we're probably not going to get delivered overnight either. It's going to be a process, and God is going to begin to restore things gradually. He's going to begin to, to cause the courts to rule differently. He's going to begin to cause people to rise up and, and lead in truth and integrity. He's going to cause the leaders in his body to begin to rise up and preach the truth, teach the truth, 
We'd no longer be complacent and complacent, lackadaisical, but we'd begin to preach the truth. And we're not going to be worried about being seeker-sensitive and, and uh, politically correct. We're going to preach the truth. And as we do that, God can heal and restore this nation. But it's only going to happen if we as his people rise up and take our place and be the light of the world. Okay, there's the announcements. Um, actually, uh, yeah, it was. It was a proclamation. So happy birthday if you've got a birthday this month. Uh, we're not going to have Wednesday night activities this week, right? That's right. We're off. Right. That's right. We're off. We're not on. So have a great week and uh, enjoy your, your family and the time off. And then get your mind right because starting the new year, we're going to be hitting it hard. We're going to be doing things that, uh, that we're going to be really pushing and pressing. And I believe God's going to lead us into some new areas. And it's going to be exciting to see what he does in this new year. This is Mission Sunday. Uh, I want to remind you to be faithful to the Lord. You, you guys always are. We do uh, great with our finances in this body. And we've, we've just encouraging you to, to continue to give. Prayerfully consider if you want to support uh, specific ministries that we are supporting. We have Foursquare Missions. We have Missions Press. We have Children's Gospel Box. We have Adopt a Pastor. Uh, we've got the Rivera family that are Foursquare mission, Missionaries going out to Puerto Rico from our district. We've got other things that we support. We just want to encourage you to, to consider giving as a Christmas gift to the Lord. And uh, that's not for my benefit. It's for your benefit. If you give, it's for your benefit. God will take it, bless it, multiply it, and it will be a blessing to the, the people that we're giving it to as well. And if you'd like to make a pledge, uh, or if you have a prayer request or any other things, uh, you can put your name on here if you'd like, tear it off, put it in the offering box and tell us about it. We'd like to know what's going on in your life. I thank you for your faithfulness and your, your support of all that we do here. One last thing, we've got uh, communion coming up next week. If you're not with us, be sure and get your stuff together so you can celebrate with us. And then we have our annual business meeting coming up um, February the 7th after the church service. We'll have a meal, and I guess uh, you need to start thinking about that. If you're going to come, be here in person. Uh, Fill out something and put it in the box so we can start having a count and figure out how many, how many meals we need. All right. That it? Any other announcements? Okay. Whose birthday? Susie's birthday? Oh, happy birthday, Susie. Happy <laughs> to you. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Susie, happy birthday to you. It was okay to celebrate each other, amen? All right, so we're in Colossians 1 and uh, we're going to continue in our study and I hope that... Uh, Hope that you're able to write down, keep some notes on all this. We're, we're moving kind of fast in the words that we're talking about, but we're not moving real fast in the verses. Uh, that's okay. I'm not in a hurry, are you? Okay, I didn't think so. 
<clears throat> so Colossians 1, uh, we're going to begin in verse 12 because uh, it kind of sets the tone for what we're going to read. This is part of Paul's prayer for the Colossians. And <clears throat> verse 12, he says, Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things consist. So last week we kind of ended up on uh, verse 13, delivered. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. That means to rescue or deliver, to free from harm or evil, and in some cases from imprisonment. I just want to remind you that we were all in bondage, right? Before we became believers, you might not realize it, but you were in bondage. You were in chains. You were a prisoner. You were in the kingdom of darkness. But because Jesus came into your life, he rescued you and he delivered you and he broke you free from those chains. It was a jailbreak. So he's delivered us from the power of darkness. Now, we talked about some words last week. It's interesting, in, in the Bible, there are words that we in English, translate them the same sometimes, but in the original language, there is a different variation of meaning, shades of meaning, and sometimes you, you interpret it one way, sometimes another way because of the context that it's in, and you understand that some words can be used to, to mean different things, just like uh, in English, you know, you can say, wow, this table is light, and then you can say, huh, there's light. Give me a light. You know, I mean, Whatever. Yeah. The, word, the word light can be interpreted different ways in English. Well, that's the same way in the original languages. They have different shades of meaning. And uh, so when we talk about these words, I'm trying to help you understand that there are, there are different ways you can think about it. And maybe some of those ways will give you a new insight into some situation in your own life or some area that you've been struggling. So the word power, there's... There's four words that are typically translated power or authority or domain or might. And uh, they're used sometimes sort of interchangeably, other times more specifically not. But uh, we talked about one of those words being dunamis. That is translated power. It's where we get our word dynamite. It's, uh, it's a word that means a, an explosive power a miraculous power that works in you. Uh, Paul said, I want to know him and the power, the dunamis power of his resurrection. And that dunamis power, if it is in you and working in you, it works miraculously 
to heal you and to change you and to make you into a new creation. And it also should be working miraculously through you that we are the light of the world and everywhere we go and everything we do, that power should be coming out of us and affecting all of those around us. Because that's what Jesus did, right? When he walked on the earth as a man, everywhere he went, the Bible says he went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil and those who were sick. John, 1 John says, uh, for this is the reason he came into the world, to destroy the works of the devil. So that dunamis power was working in him all the time. And it should be working in us as well. <clears throat> so, but there are the four words that are, that are used differently. One of them means power. One of them means authority. One of them means domain. One of them uh, means like a ruler. So they're, they're, in those, those all have some similar meanings to them attached. Power, might, dominion, strength, authority. So he has delivered us from the power. That word is exousia. And it literally means domain or authority. In this case, they translated it power. But you could say, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness. He has delivered us from the authority of darkness. You could also say he has delivered us from the jurisdiction of darkness. And when you've been delivered from the jurisdiction of darkness, when you've been taken out of that kingdom into another kingdom, he does not have extradition powers over you anymore. And when he comes and says, I want, oh, Joan, back, the Lord says, nope, you don't have any right anymore. You don't have jurisdiction anymore because she's not in your kingdom anymore. She's in my kingdom, and I'm only going to allow the ones that I'm willing to release to be extradited into the kingdom of darkness. So just forget it. It isn't going to happen. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. We don't live there anymore. So by the way, when you get saved and you become a new creation, he didn't do that for you so you can just keep on being the same filthy, nasty slob you always were before. He wants you to change. We are supposed to change and be new creations. We're supposed to be becoming new in every way. Now, if you don't change, that doesn't mean that God rejects you. It just means you better look at yourself and begin to figure out what is going on in your life. Why are you not changing? Why have you not taken advantage of all that he's done for you? Because if he's delivered you from the kingdom of darkness, you shouldn't be living in darkness anymore. You should be walking in the light as he is in the light. Sometimes you have to do some things. I mean, if you want to be walking in the light, there are some things that you can do that will help you to walk in the light. For one thing, you can read the Word because His Word is a light. It's a lamp unto my feet. It lights my path. If you don't read His Word, you're going to be light deficit. But if you read the Word and you begin to have His truth revealed to you, then you begin to see areas in your life that's like, oh, I need to change this. I need to be differently. I need to be different in this area. I need to be more patient. I need to be more kind and gentle. I need to be more forgiving. I need to be more disciplined. And 
if you have problems, you struggle with issues, then you need to take steps to protect yourself and guard against it so you don't put yourself in a position where you could easily fall. If I'm an alcoholic, I don't want to go hang out at the beer joint every night. That's just the truth. If I'm, if I'm hooked on pornography, I don't want to be surfing the net all the time. Just the truth. And you could apply that same thought to any other kind of addiction or problem that you have. You know the things that cause you grief. Run! That's what Paul said. Flee from those youthful lusts. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So when you start experiencing a temptation, don't go sit down beside it. Move away from it. Begin to submit yourself to God and say, Lord, you know, I, I don't want to go there. I want to walk in the light. I want to be healed. I want to be whole. You say something to someone and they say something back and you start feeling those feelings coming up and you're getting all bent out of shape and wanting to start saying stuff back. That's when it's time to just shut your mouth and say, Lord, help me just to control my tongue. I want to just humble myself here. Let them rant and rave. Let them say what they want. I'm just going to let it go because it's not worth it. If you begin to practice that, and the Lord can help you with that. You don't do it in your own strength. You do everything you do in the spiritual realm by grace, through faith. But as God gives you his grace and you begin to practice those kind of responses, it will get easier and it will get better. And the more times you have victory instead of defeat, it gets easier to walk in victory. And before long, you build a habit of not being a jerk and a loudmouth and a, and a person that loses his temper all the time and a person that responds uh, inappropriately. It doesn't happen automatically, though. That's, that's the point of everything I'm saying to you. We have a part to play in this. Our salvation is instant in one sense, that we are justified, we're made right, and, and positionally in the heavens, we are seated with Christ. And yet, in our natural lives, the life that we're living, we still got a bunch of messed up stuff in us and brokenness in us, and we're walking that out. Paul said, I was saved or delivered. I am saved and delivered, and I'm yet going to be saved and delivered. And that's what we're doing. We're walking out our salvation with fear and trembling. And as we walk it out, along the journey, we continue to grow and change and become more mature. It's just like a child. Little babies. You know, they're born. They can't eat for themselves. They can't change their own clothes. They can't feed themselves. They can't take care of themselves. They can't walk. They can't even roll over at first. But as they get older, they can roll over. And then they can start crawling. Then they start walking. And when they walk, what do they do? They fall down. And they hurt themselves. And they get back up. By the way, you don't see very many babies just say, I'm never trying that again. I'm just going to sit for the rest of my life because it hurt when I fell. They don't know that. They just keep getting up. And that's what we need to do. As Christians, when you stumble, get up. But some of us, some of us have just decided we're just going to sit there for the rest of our lives because it hurt too much or I was too disappointed, or I was too humiliated, or I was too embarrassed, or I was too whatever. It's time to get up. 
get on with your life. Time to get on with God's healing and victory in you because he wants you to move forward and be growing and maturing. Just like that little baby learns to crawl and walk. And then one day, you know, they're, they're graduating from school and they're going to college. They have a job. They've got families of their own. And you look at that and you say, how did that happen? Well, it happened little by little. That's the same way we grow in the Lord. It's a little here, a little there, precept upon precept, line upon line. God is doing something in us. Don't ever underestimate what he is doing. But on the other hand, you have to participate. You have to be part of it. We are his workmanship created for good works, but we've got to be doing something in order to become who we're supposed to be becoming. If you just sit there, you're not going to ever learn to really walk and run and enjoy life the way you're meant to because you're just you're afraid to try or you're too heartbroken or you're too discouraged or whatever. Get up. Go forward. The Lord wants you to go forward. That's why he uses that expression, backsliding. Because if you're not going forward, you're just sitting there or you're going backwards. And either one of those is bad. He wants us to be moving forward. The only time he wants you to sit is when he's bringing you to a place, a season of rest in your life. And there needs to be a season of rest weekly, daily. There needs to be times in your life where you are resting in the Lord. You can't just go all the time. We are supposed to rest. We're supposed to sleep. We're supposed to replenish our physical body. We're supposed to replenish our spiritual lives. We're supposed to replenish all that we are, and that needs to be on a regular basis. Otherwise, you're just going to wear yourself out. The Lord wants, he wants us to, to move when he moves, and he wants us to rest when he's resting. He showed us that example in the desert with the children of Israel, the pillar of fire and cloud. When it moved, they moved. When it stopped, they stopped. Sometimes it would be for a day. Sometimes it would be for a week. Sometimes it would be for months. They'd stay in the same place. That was a time for them to rest, time for them to be in his presence and just not worry about fighting, not worry about going and conquering, not worrying about all the other stuff. Just be with him. But then when he said it's time to go, and the cloud went up, the fire went up, head them up, move them out. It's time to go. And that's what we need to be willing to do. We need to follow him. Always following him and let him lead us and guide us. And if it's, if it's going to battle, great. If it's going to the next county or the next country or the next region or if it's resting, whatever it is, God wants to lead us and guide us. So he's delivered us from the power, the authority of darkness. Darkness is an evil realm. It's, it literally means darkness, but the, the sense is that it's a sphere. It's the sphere that was dominated by evil, sinfulness, ignorance of God and his ways. It's understood as the absence of light. It also means shade or shadow. It's an image cast by an object representing the form of that object. So when you talk about darkness, that's why we're always talking about something evil in the Scripture. Because it's the shadow 
created by the devil. It's a, it's a representation of the image of the one that is represented. So he's casting a shadow, and so all the things that represent him are dark because he is dark. He is totally opposite of God in every way. And when you walk in darkness, you're walking in an area that is not like God. You're walking in an absence of light. Now, I'm pretty convinced that all of us have areas in our lives where we've got some darkness. And I'm not saying that you're an evil person. I'm just saying there are areas in your life that you haven't really gotten straightened out yet. Those little, uh, those little places, you know, where you, um, you're susceptible to respond the wrong way when somebody says something to you, when somebody does something to you. I've been wounded. I couldn't tell you how many times in my life. I've been wounded physically. I've been wounded emotionally. I've been wounded uh, by friends. I've been wounded by family. I've been wounded by strangers. I've been wounded by business associates. I mean, whatever you want to name, pretty much I've experienced some pain or wounding by people because that's what people do. They hurt you sometimes. That doesn't mean that people are bad. It just means that sometimes people will hurt you. And when they hurt you, you your soul carries that hurt and you begin to, to look at all of life through through the lens of that hurt. And so if you've got a bajillion hurts, then you've got, a, you've got lenses like a dragonfly or, or a housefly. You know, they've got all those little different compound eyes. They've got a bajillion eyes up there. So they're seeing all these things in life through the, the lens that, that are hurt. And so when someone says something to you that reminds you of one of those hurts, immediately that pain comes back into your heart or immediately that anger comes back from the bitterness that you have, or the response, you know, back when that happened to you originally and you, you punch that person in the face, that's the same way you want to respond now. It's like, wow, that, you know, those same feelings come back up. We need to find those areas in our lives and get, get them out in the open where God can heal them and redeem us in those areas. Because you don't want to be walking in darkness. You've been delivered from the power of darkness. Don't continue to walk in darkness. Don't continue to walk in the shadow of the devil. Walk in the light. We've been conveyed to another kingdom. Conveyed means to transfer or to move. To move something from one place or sphere to another. To carry away or exchange. I like to think of... Uh, in exchange. That's, that's a nice way to think of that. In exchange. I'm laying down my old life and I'm exchanging it for a new one. Taking, it, taking up a new, a new way of walking, a new way of talking, a new way of thinking. I've been conveyed, I've been moved from one place to another. I'm not in the kingdom of darkness anymore. I'm in the kingdom of light. And if I'm going to be in the kingdom of light, then I need to be walking in the light because that's what citizens of the country do, right? You walk within the rights of your citizenship and all the benefits and blessing of being a citizen. If you're a citizen of the United States of America, 
you have all kinds of benefits as a citizen. If you come here as a visitor, you don't really have all those benefits. There are certain benefits, but you're not, you don't get all of them because you're not a citizen. And so we are citizens of a kingdom, one kingdom or the other. You're a citizen of the kingdom of darkness, or if you've been delivered from that kingdom and conveyed and moved, transferred, exchanged into the new kingdom, then you're a citizen of that kingdom. And I don't want the benefits of the kingdom of darkness anymore. I want the benefits of the kingdom of light. I want to be walking in the light as he is the light. I want to be in the light, not in the darkness. The kingdom is literally a sovereignty. It's a royal authority to exercise dominion over a region. Hereditary monarchy or dominion. Royalty, a realm, kingship. Those are words that the scripture uses about us. It says that, that we are a royal priesthood and a kingdom of priests and kings through our God. We are his children. That's a hereditary monarchy. You are an heir to the throne because you're a child of the king. You are. It's not something that you're hoping to be. It's not something that you wish you could be. You are a child of the king if you've been born again. Now, you might not be walking in all the benefits of being an heir to the king, but that doesn't mean that they're not there. It doesn't mean they don't exist. It doesn't mean the reality is not there. But sometimes we don't even know all the benefits. And we are just, we're just doing our own thing, just going along. You know, we've got this life that we've lived for 20, 30, 40, 50, you know, 80, 100 years, whatever it might be. And, well, we've always done it this way. Well, why? Well, that's just the way we've always done it. Uh, how about we try something different? How about we do it the way God wants instead of the way we've always done it? Because that's our problem. We've always done it my way. You sing the old Frank Sinatra song. You know, you do it your way, and that's what you're going to get. You're going to get the benefits of doing it your way. If you do it God's way, you get the benefits of his way. The kingdom is the realm of the king. And that's where we are. We live in the realm of the king. And since we're his children, there are certain benefits that we have as his children. We ought to be walking in that. We ought to be exercising those benefits all the time. And I don't want to accept less than God's very best for me. If God says I can have the desires of my heart, I ought to be thinking big. I ought to be having a, having a vision for the future that's, that's open to God being unlimited and pour out all of his goodness and favor in my life. Why would I want to be limiting God's goodness and favor to my life if he said, I want to give you all things? That's what he said, isn't it? I have freely given you all things. So why would I want to limit that? Why would I just say, yes, I'll take it? Do you want this little gift, or do you want all things? Mm, no, I think I'll take all things. How about that? God has given us a promise. How about we grab a hold of that promise instead of accepting his, 
less, let's accept the very best. The kingdom of his son. The son is an offspring or a descendant. You remember what the father said when Jesus was being baptized? He said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He also said, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Son is significant because that's what God said about his son, but he also says that about us. We are his children, and he is pleased with us. The reason he's pleased with us is because the blood of Jesus has been applied to our lives. And when he looks at us, he doesn't see the same flawed, messed up person, the sinner that you used to be. He sees a person who is clothed in the righteousness of Christ. He sees someone that's been redeemed. He sees someone that has changed. A new creation. And we need to get on board with that and begin to see ourselves that way too. Because I'm sorry, but I think a lot of us, we don't see ourselves as God sees us. We don't see God as he is, and we don't see ourselves as we are. So we look at God and we... We see him maybe as, a, as a, a judge that wants to beat us up and condemn us and punish us for our failures and our sins. We look at God and we see him as someone that he's off at a distance just watching everything that's going on. We look at God and we see him as someone that, you know, is this austere ruler of his domain. And we don't see him as a loving father that wants us to come and spend time with. We don't see him as, as a, a God that wants to give us good things. He wants to freely give us all things. And because we don't see God that way, then we see ourselves, instead of someone that is loved, we see our, ourselves as someone who is unworthy, someone who deserves to be punished, someone who deserves to be put down and criticized, someone who is unworthy to receive those good gifts that God has provided because, well, we're messed up. We're not worthy. I can't receive that from God because, look at me, I'm all messed up. You know, that's the biggest problem, I think, in the body of Christ is that we don't see God as he is, and because of that, we don't see ourselves as he sees us. Because when we see ourselves as God sees us, then we would know that he's not worried about you being messed up. He's not worried about your problems. You know what he's worried about? He's worried about you receiving his love. He's worried about you receiving all those great gifts that he's gotten for you, that he's provided for you at great expense. He gave everything for you, and he wants you to say, Yes, I'll receive that. That's what being delivered from the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of his son is all about. It's beginning to see who we are in him. And that he is a kind and benevolent king over his domain. He is not a ruler that is out to punish you. He's not a ruler that's out to cause you grief. He wants to give you his favor and goodness. His goodness abounds towards us. Verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. We have, that means to have or possess, either in a concrete or an abstract sense, to own, to hold, or grip, 
or to wear. I want to wear it. I'm wearing my, my Hawaiian shirt today. You know, it's, it's, it's a Santa Claus Hawaiian shirt. My wife and mother just hate these shirts, but I like them because they're comfortable. I want to wear God's goodness. I want to wear what he has done for me. I don't, want to, I don't want to lose it. I don't want to misplace it. I don't want to leave it at home. I want to be wearing it. I want to grab a hold of it and grip it and hold it and have it with me all the time. We have redemption. Redemption. Full redemption. A redemption that's most likely to a greater extent or degree. In other words, it's not some partial or halfway. It's the full deal. I used to love to go to Dairy Queen. They had this full meal deal. It's a sandwich, french fries, a drink, and, and a Sunday. Yeah, now we're talking. I mean, it's the full meal deal. And when you come to Jesus, it's the full meal deal. It's not some partial halfway thing. He wants to give it all to you. But we have to receive it. And we have to know what he's offering. That's the only way you're going to ever claim it all. Is if you know what he's offering, you begin to say, I want this. Yes, I'll take that. I see that you provided life. I'll take life. I used to like death, but I think I'll take life now. I used to like punishment and guilt and shame. But hey, how about forgiveness and mercy and grace? I think I'll take that now. He has given us redemption, full redemption. It is a ransom in full, a releasing affected by payment of a ransom. It's from the root word luo, meaning to loosen, to break up, destroy, dissolve. So we talk about deliverance. We talk about getting free. And that's what this is right here. It is the full payment of ransom for any debt that you owed, any problems in your life. You've been loose from that now. You've been set free. He has destroyed that. He's broken it, and he has loosed you from it. He's dissolved it, and the ransom is paid in full, and you are free. That means, hey, how about this? We paid off our note on uh, this building. We're free and clear. So they can't come back and say, you still owe on this building because it's free and clear. It's been paid in full. The devil tries to come back and say, but you got this and this and this, but we need to be saying, no, it's paid in full. Paid in full. I didn't pay it, but the one who could did. Jesus paid in full. It is paid in full, and we're loosed from that. We are not bound to that debt anymore. We've been redeemed. And we've been redeemed by his blood. Now blood, you know, it's, it is literally that red stuff that flows through your body that's pumped by your heart. It gives you life. You know, without the blood, you pretty much are not going to live. The Bible says that too. It says the life of the flesh is in the blood. It also says that without the blood... Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. There's no forgiveness. There's no redemption. It all comes through the shedding of blood. 
but it's not just any old blood. The only blood that can really bring that kind of redemption is the blood of Christ. Now, Hebrews 9 tells us, according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. All things are purified with the blood because the life of the flesh is in the blood. And we have this debt. And the Lord says, if you want to be free of the debt, the only way you can be happening is if there is blood shed. And so in the Old Covenant, they used the bloods of bulls and goats and rams and sheep and you know, lambs. But that blood never could re remove. It could only cover. And when the children of Israel were getting ready to leave the, and go into the promised land, remember the Passover? They took the blood of the lamb. They put it over the doorpost. And he said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. The blood is a covering. It's, it's the Passover blood. And it, for them, it was the blood of animals. But it was all pointing towards the blood of Christ. And only the blood of Christ can bring the redemption that we really need. And all those people who were redeemed by the Passover, that was it's like all of those sins were just piled up, stored up, until the blood of Christ came, and then they were all removed and gone forever. The blood of Christ removed all sin, past, present, and future. It pays for all of that. It covers all of that. Once for all, the blood of Christ, all that we have in the new covenant is through his blood. All the old covenant was sealed with blood, and all the new covenant is sealed with blood but it's the blood of the Lamb. And we have forgiveness. It's a formal release from an obligation or a debt. It's an absolution. It's especially understood of the debt of sin. It's a pardon, a release, a cancellation, a letting go. That word pardon is different than parole. You know, if, you get, if you've been in prison and you get released or paroled, that means that it's kind of like a temporary thing that you're still, you're still under their watch and their jurisdiction. And if you mess up, they will revoke your parole and put you back in prison. But a pardon, that is totally different. That means the charges have been wiped out and they are not there anymore and they cannot be reinstated against you because you've been pardoned. We need to be aware that we've been pardoned. And it's not... It's not a temporary. It's not based on, on what we do or don't do. We're not on parole. We've been pardoned. I like that because uh, sometimes I stub my toe. And I like to know that I'm not going to get put back in prison. If I want to go back to prison, I guess I can go. But they can't make me go back. No one can make me go back to the kingdom of darkness. If I want to go hang out in the kingdom of darkness, I can. But no one can make me go there. That is a great promise, and we need to hold on to that. Forgiveness of sin. Sin could be translated as guilt. It literally means uh, missing the mark. But it's an estrangement from God. It's a failure, a fault, or an error to engage in wrongdoing to miss the mark and therefore not share in the prize, 
to be without a share in something. Now, Paul understood that. And in Philippians 3, he says, Not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So you miss the mark, and because you miss the mark, you lose out on the prize. And Paul says, I'm forgetting the fact that I've missed the mark in the past. And I got my eyes on the prize, and I'm pressing forward, and I'm going to receive the prize because I've been forgiven. That is the, that is the blessing of forgiveness, is that you get the prize. How many of you want the prize? I want the prize. I don't want... I don't want the death. I don't want the destruction. I don't want the failure, the doom, and the gloom. I want the prize. And the only way you're going to really receive the prize is if you start putting the things in the past in the past and you start looking to the future and you press in and press toward the mark, the goal. Don't miss the mark and lose the prize, but press towards the mark and receive the prize. Good, evil. Blessing, cursing, life, death. Choose. Choose life. Eddie, y'all come on back. So, we have been redeemed through his blood. We've gotten the forgiveness of sins. We've been pardoned. Our sins have been taken away. And we are walking in the light as he is in the light. What, what a wonderful knowledge that's available to us to know that we are children of the king. And we're in a new kingdom now. We're not living in the domain of darkness, but that power has been broken. We've been removed from that jurisdiction, and we're in a different place. We're in the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as his children, we have certain rights available to us. We need to learn to walk in those rights. Press toward the mark, toward the prize. Receive what God has given you. Let's stand and worship.
like always he's offering us a chance to come to the altar and it's a place for you and him to come to an agreement and Isaiah he said come let's reason together though your sins be as scarlet they can be white as snow let's reason together the altar is the place that you come to where you meet with the Lord and you say, here I am. I have this need. I have this sin. I have this problem. I have this brokenness in me. The Lord wants you to come to him with all of your needs. You don't have to worry if God is willing you don't have to worry if he's able. You don't have to worry if, if it's too big or too little to bother him. Your only concern needs to be that you become willing to come and present yourself before him. Because he always is willing to receive you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you need prayer for anything, if you don't know the Lord, you'd like to pray a prayer of salvation you're joining us through uh, the internet it's easy it's simple you want him to be lord in your life you tried it you've lived in the darkness long enough you want to walk in the light you want to be removed changed from one kingdom to the other today can be that day it's as simple as a as a prayer giving yourself to him admitting i'm a sinner I have broken your laws. I'm not walking in the light, but I want to. Forgive me. Come and live in my heart. Take away my sin. Change me from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. You pray that prayer. The Bible says you're born again. Old things are passed away and all things are becoming new. You can now walk in the light because you are no longer bound in darkness. Yes. Any other things that you might want special prayer for, you can come. Somebody will meet you at the altar. I just encourage you, as we sing this last song, let the Lord speak to you about you seeing Him as He is and you seeing yourself as He sees you. And you would know that you are a child of the King you're not some broken, messed up, uh, worthless object, but you have been redeemed by his blood. Hallelujah. You've got problems, yes, but Thank you, you are redeemed. In his sight, yes. you, are, you are worthy and you are accepted in the beloved. That's Thank what he you, says Jesus. about you. Thank you. Receive that today in Jesus' name.
Providing all that we need in this life and in the life to come. Your cross, Lord Jesus, made provision for us in every way. And thank I thank you, you for that. Yes, sir. We rejoice and celebrate in your provision, Lord. Thank and I thank you for all that you've done for us this morning. Go with us and bless us. And let us go forward with the right frame of reference for the new year, Lord, that you are God. Yes. And that you are going to be God in our lives and we're going to be your people, the people of life that represent your kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance, the glorious, radiant countenance. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He's going to fill you with his perfect peace. Go and be blessed. Have a great week. And let's have a great new year in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.